From a two-bedroom apartment on the west side of Los Angeles, it's High on Film! Tonight, we've got Brendan Gallagher and the Lincoln Lawyer. I bet you didn't know 3D movies could be so much fun on this week's episode. Sponsored by the all-new Lincoln MKC. Lincoln, live your moment. Well, happy McConuary High on Film listeners, and welcome to another episode of High on Film Sobering Talk About Movies, episode 204 today, and as I said, our annual McConuary celebration, the time every year we take to appreciate, to love, to fawn over the body of work that is Matthew McConaughey and his revolutionary uh, period, artistic period, the McConaissance. Uh, previously stated as being from the Lincoln Lawyer to the Lincoln Motor Company commercials. And here we are, putting that theory to the test. Watching the Lincoln Lawyer from 2011, directed by Brad Furman, written by John Romano, who did the screenplay off Michael Connolly's novel, which has its own world that I uh, have some fun facts about that we're going to get to, uh, on this McConaissance, McConuary episode. I'm Chris Maxwell. I'm your host. Welcome to the show. Plenty in store for you today, including the man who's right to my left, the co-host from the couch, the podcaster disaster, and the Brad Davis that God gave us. He's got his McConaughey party uniform on. <laughs> Here he is, Brad Davis. It's a wide open Hawaiian shirt and... Uh, <laughs> Cut off jean shorts. <laughs> Happy McConuary, Brad. Happy McConuary, Chris, and to all the listeners out there, it's our favorite time of year and the most important holiday of the whole year. It is, it is. And finally, we get to sit down and watch The Lincoln Lawyer, which we've talked about since the birth of the McConaissance, um, and never watched. No, we never took the time. <laughs> we um, joke about it almost weekly on the show. We do. And we've never watched The Lincoln Lawyer until this fine evening tonight. Uh, well, I mean, this was a big year for Matthew McConaughey, 2016. Kubo and the Two Strings, mm. Sing, Gold, Free State of Jones. I think it's fair to say the McConaissance is over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the McConaissance, uh, for me, ended more around uh, Interstellar. Uh, that being the final film of the McConaissance... No, I guess I'd say that's... That's the first one outside of it. Yes. Mm, see, I think it's the final one where it blows up in his face. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Stretch fair. too far. Yeah. I, <coughs> yeah. Could, I could see an argument for that. Um, but yeah, so... And what'd you think of this movie? You think this is a true uh, starting pistol to the, the McConaissance? No. We've uh, always heard this was good. Yeah, yeah, I don't know who said that. Reviews... Yeah, I mean, it's like on IMDb, it has like a 7.3 or something. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Wow. It's pretty high. Thank, yeah, it is pretty high. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think there was maybe potentially a good, uh, a, a decent movie in here somewhere where with the story where it could have been good, maybe. But quite honestly, it's, it's, it's pretty bad, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the supporting cast is great. Oh, a lot of great actors. I don't know if I agree that there's a full great movie in here. I didn't say full great movie. Okay. I said that Excuse somewhere me. in in this story there could have been a decent movie. Wow. 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, 82% audience score. That's that's absurd for what we just watched. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I say that admitting that I've always been a fan of like courtroom dramas mm -hmm. and 
mist, quote unquote mysteries. I don't. I guess this really isn't a, a mystery the whole way through, but that's kind of in my wheelhouse as far as genre goes. And I feel like there could have been could have been a decent movie in there if there was a if a lot of things went differently. But but there is not. Well, you know who we can ask. Oh, who, Chris? Our resident Matthew McConaughey expert. He is. He is the number one. He is a longtime friend of the show, co-creator of the Celebration of McConaughey, and a very talented writer in his own right, my friend, Mr. Brendan Gallagher. It's so good to be back, guys. Um, it's our pleasure. I, I think the great thing about McConaughey is you think you've seen the worst of <laughs> what he's done, and then it's not that we sink to lower depths, because Surfer Dude... Must be the worst movie he's ever made. But uh, Lincoln Lawyer's bad in so many new ways for McConaughey. And so uh, just a pleasure to share this with you guys. Yeah, so what do you think? I mean, you are on this train that this is a bad movie. Uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first time you've seen this. Yeah, this is my first time. Uh, first time, last time with Lincoln Lawyer. Um, it's fucking awful. Here, okay, here's the thing about Surfer Dude. It's like... There's no movie like Surfer, dude. Uh, I have never seen anything espousing the same ethos, like yeah. slacker, s- pro surfer yeah. coaxed into doing a video game simulation. A surfer Buddha who can't even take selling out as much as doing a video game. And there's like go to mow lawns is like a business. Woody Harrelson starts in it, and uh, this is just like such a terrible version of, like, a procedural film. <laughs> yes. And, like, the premise is, like, defense lawyers are pieces of shit. <laughs> and, uh, it's just, it's hilariously bad at every turn. Yeah. Uh, boy. And, 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 so, Michael McConnelly, who wrote this novel, uh, has a whole bunch of, obviously, novels in the series, of which Bloodwork and the Amazon show Bosch are apparently in the same universe, as oh. Lincoln Lawyer. This okay. is in the Bosch-a-verse. <laughs> Bosch-a-verse. But hold on, I just want to run down a quick little history of Mick Holler in the Connolly books. So, Please. how about this? In the year 2011, a, a book he released is called The Fifth, Fifth Witness, in which a Hollywood producer suggests that the character Mick Holler get, uh, gets played by an actor of the caliber of Matthew McConaughey. Right? And in then one of the books? In, in the book that came out in 2011, the same movie as this year. Then in 2013, in a book called Gods of Guilt, uh, they mentioned that the, um, the Hollywood in the books is making the Lincoln Lawyer case and story, which happens to McCuller in reality in the books, into a Hollywood movie. And then in 2015, in a book called The Crossing, a movie about McCuller's case is... Uh, they mentioned that Matthew McConaughey did indeed play Mick Holler in the movie about the Lincoln Lawyer case. It's a, that... a Russian nesting doll of uh, McConaughey references. <laughs> it's just so meta. And mind you, this is three years before Matthew McConaughey signed his Lincoln Motor Company uh, advertising contract. So how about that? Crazy stuff. Do we think this film is subsidized by the Lincoln Company? It's the very first shot of the film. Yeah. Is this it, motor company insignia? I gotta believe. I mean, the the nice thing about this movie is it proves that Matthew McConaughey did drive a Lincoln before he was paid 
to drive a Lincoln. Does it? Because I'm pretty so sure he's he being paid, paid to drive a Lincoln. I guess that's a good point. Yeah, never mind. All Maybe right. he has a driver for most of the film. <laughs> it's true. But he can't resist getting behind the, the, the wheel of that Lincoln town car. Could when he's you? wasted. I can't. No, yeah, when he's, he's wasted. He's totally wasted. Only, only when you're loaded. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, let's play some Trash Star Destroy. That's what we start things off here with. Uh, three movies of a similar ilk. One must be trashed, which is eliminated from existence. One movie must be starred in by yourself in whatever role you'd like to take. Uh, and the third movie must be destroyed, which means the only version of that film has been both written and directed by Mr. Michael Bay of The Rock and Got Milk Aaron Burr commercial fame. <laughs> You're so, so obsessed with that now. It's crazy. No, I know it is. It's crazy. That blew my mind last week to find out that that man directed that commercial. I mean, that is maybe, yeah, one of the most vivid commercials in my television memory. That ain't true. All right, guys. Let's start with mm, McConaughey at Law. Three movies where Matthew McConaughey plays a lawyer. <laughs> the movie we just watched, uh, uh, The Lincoln Lawyer, uh, the a previous McConaughey, saying so many words, uh, <laughs> Installment, A Time to Kill, and uh, the one where he plays a DA, I believe his highest ranking in, in the law, in Bernie. Bernie, Lincoln Lawyer, A Time to Kill, Trash, Star, Destroy. Oh boy. Um, do I want to star in Bernie, or do I want to star in A Time to Kill? Uh, boy, I'm trying to remember what other roles from Bernie. I've only seen Bernie once, but I think... Oh, there's Jack Black. Right, and McConaughey, mm-hmm. and Shirley, Shirley McLean. I'll take the Shirley McLean role. Great. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I think what I'm actually going to do is, I think I'm going to star in A Time to Kill, and I'm going to play the Oliver Platt role. Oh, okay. Just be wasted all the, like, pretend to be wasted all the time. Get to hang out with fucking McConaughey, because I feel like that would be an experience in itself. Just, like, spend days on set with Matthew McConaughey. Uh, I'm going to... Now, do I trash Bernie? See, here, my, my conundrum is, do I give Bernie to Michael Bay and trash Lincoln Lawyer, which seems like kind of the right thing to do? I guess. But my instincts are telling me to give Michael Bay the Lincoln Lawyer. Yeah. And let and let that go. And then trash Bernie, which I like that movie. That's, maybe, that's probably the best movie out of these three, to be quite honest. Um, even though I probably like... Uh, time to kill more, but I think I have to do that. Michael Bay gets the Lincoln Lawyer, which he might actually make this that movie better because at least there wouldn't be so many god. Well, no, there'd still be a lot of camera movements that would. Just be <laughs> but I'm gonna trash Bernie. All right, Brendan, what are you doing here? Same, 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 uh, completely the same. And here, here's why. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna play McConaughey though instead of Platt. Okay. Uh, the audience we may can not do it together. I'll watch this. The, the audience may not enjoy it, but I would. <laughs> it's such a fun part. And um, here's why you can't destroy Time to Kill. I, it has the benefit. Um, I'll call it the Shawshank Redemption effect, where we perceive it as a culture to be a better movie than it actually is because it was on TBS all the time as kids mm-hmm. and every dad's like VHS shelf, you know. So it's a cultural institution. You got to keep it. Uh, Destroying Bernie something because I haven't seen it. Mm. I know that's uh, perhaps short-sighted and wasteful, but this is Trump's America, so <laughs> here we are. Everything and, is now short-sighted and wasteful. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Michael Bay would probably make this movie better. Like, instead of just like, just like static aerial shots of like <laughs> L.A.'s subway trains, we'd get like actual action going on in the movie. Yeah, 
I mean, the, there'd certainly be a little more tension, probably a little more gunplay. Um, I, I think I disagree with the uh, with what I my own trash star destroy. I'm gonna let Michael Bay destroy a time to kill. I mean, it's in his early period with Bad Boys and The Rock. I think it could still be a pretty good movie. It is a very high octane, high budget Hollywood film anyway, so I'll be okay. all right with that. I, I trash into Lincoln Lawyer, but starring in Bernie, I, I want to work with Link later. I'll be. I'm gonna take wow, the McConaughey role right. and be the cowboy DA who's out to get Jack Black, and and that'll be that. I forgot about the Lincoln, the Link later effect. The Lincoln later. The Lincoln later effect. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think about is this movie right now. <laughs> it's hard to not think about. It, it really sticks with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let's do one more category. Uh, a reconnaissance. Not reconnaissance, but a McConaughey. Uh, another McConaughey tribute. Three Matthew McConaughey movies that feature, in some way, a Lincoln Town Car. And I would like to thank the Internet Movie Car Database for this, which actually exists. The IMCDB.com. Wow. You can look up a movie and it'll tell you every car that is featured in it. Uh, The Internet's a wonderful thing. It's a crazy place. Dallas Buyers Club, The Wedding Planner, and Contact. Trash Star oh, Destroy. Contact. Sorry, so Dallas Buyers Club. His Oscar winning role in Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. Previous high on film installment, The Wedding Planner. And Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster's arrival. Con- contact. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, I, yeah, this is actually pretty easy for me, I think. I think I destroy Contact and give that to Michael Bay. Um. I realize that movie only has so much like action to it. It's a little more uh, drama based, but still, I think that kind of fits well into his hands. Uh, I would trash the wedding planner because that movie is shitty. Where's this going, Brad? I'm gonna start in Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess I'll take the McConaughey role. All right. I mean, it's it's a. Fun roles kind of seems like the wrong word. <laughs> yeah, but fun is probably the wrong word. Probably the wrong word, <laughs> but it's. I mean, he he seems to have fun with it. So. Uh, okay, he seems to have fun winning an Oscar. Sure. I mean, listen, if I can go up on a stage and tell people that I'm my hero is myself in five years, then I think we all win. Seems like an easy goal to fulfill. Brendan, what are you trash star destroying here of the Lincoln uh, McConaughey movies? Leto. I'm taking your Oscar, bitch. You don't deserve it if you played the fucking Joker in Suicide Squad. I'm taking your part so you don't get it. Because you retroactively should have your career destroyed for being in that film. (laughs) So that's what I'm starring in. Reasonable. Um, And then I'll go ahead and trash Contact. I've never seen it. I'm sure Bay, you know, ruin it. But, you know, it might be fun. Yeah, it's alright. you know, the wedding planner is to... I'm going to put my historian hat on here. Please do. The, uh, the wedding planner is to McConaughey's rom-coms as a Lincoln lawyer is to his, you know, procedural police period. These are both films that are not his worst movies, but his least interesting and most thoughtlessly constructed movies. <laughs> ah. Because Surfer Dude, Ghost of Girlfriends Pass are bad, but you're like, man, someone cared about these movies. They're oddball films. Whereas Wedding Planner and Lincoln Lawyer, you just get the sense like they had 15 days, $15 million, (laughs) and they were going to just find a way to make it so they can just make a dollar over the budget to uh, 
you know, uh, make the money back, everybody can go home happy. Yeah, I guess, I think I'm with you. I'm, so wait, you gave Michael Bay the wedding planner? Bay has, or contact, Bay has contact, okay. Trashing the wedding planner. Yeah, I think I have to do the same thing. I mean, it only it only makes sense to me. I, I and I'm going to take the same part. I also agree, I agree with you about Jared Leto's career and uh, his performance is undoubtedly good in Dallas Buyers Club, and he's not so bad in uh, Fight Club as well. But doesn't need to doesn't need to have that after the atrocity atrocities of Suicide Squad and its I, filming I, process. I wish nothing but ill on anyone involved with Suicide Squad. <laughs> Even Will Smith. Sorry, Will. That's all right. He'll when be I, okay. I'm a big Will Smith fan, but still, I get where he's coming from. Okay. Yeah. When, As this Will Smith fan, I can I'll, I'll allow it. All right. See, is, is he in Collateral Beauty? Is that his new? Oh God! That when we do terrible. Collateral Beauty on High on Film, oh. mark my words, Will Smith, I'm taking your part. I'm starring in that part. All right. Get to work with a lot of good actors. Yeah. That's true. it. Karen Knightley is love, and Helen Mirren is death. death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody what is uh, that movie even about uh, it's like Will Smith loses his daughter so that he writes to all these forces of life it's like the Christmas Carol what's the one where a homeless guy playing the cello or whatever Pursuit of Happiness oh my god or the soloist which is Jamie Foxx yeah it's, he doesn't play a cello in Pursuit, Pursuit of Happiness. Happiness I was thinking about yeah Pursuit he's, of he's Happiness a computer is where he's engineer like, or something no he's like he like gets a job on this he's like a homeless man yeah who like tries to he's like a salesman who doesn't sell well but he's like goes, able to like get a internship on the stock market type thing and like hard work allows him to succeed i'm taking your part in bagger vance bitch coming <laughs> for you. that's a, not a good movie <laughs> that is a slow slow movie well there it is a little bit of will smith for you we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back with more high on film right after this And we're right back into it. Hi on film. Happy McConuary, everybody. We just watched The Lincoln Lawyer. And uh, here on out, spoilers are going to be discussed. And this does have, a, I guess, a slight twist. A half twist, kind if of. you will. All right. Well, we'll find out because it's the summary game. The first game of the podcast that's worth a damn. That is zero to two points for each player involved. Uh, each one of us sitting around the table today. We're going to give it the old college try. At, uh, at, what, at, what am I talking about? At summarizing the Lincoln Lawyer in a thousandth of the time that it actually takes to view, that's a 118-minute movie, allowing, allowing us each 11.8 seconds to get out the best summary we can. This movie's under two hours. Two minutes under two hours. God, I thought it was like 2.05 or something. I mean, not that that's a big difference, but this movie felt like it was two and a half hours I, I felt every second <laughs> in my bones. Uh, it, it felt like 118 minutes to me. Oh, like, to it, me, that it felt, felt like two right hours. Like really? I, uh, I felt like two and a half hours. There were so many like felt like false endings. There were a lot of false endings. Yeah. And I, maybe I did get up to make pizza, so I, that helped. But I, I didn't really feel like it was too <laughs> slow. That, that was a big win for you. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you, you can take that one home with you. Yeah. <laughs> you actually like you had to leave some ketchup. So <laughs> you had to leave the room at one point, and I paused it, and I've never regretted the decision. So <laughs> yeah, that is life. not true. <laughs> we can see the TV from the kitchen. No, 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 I'm saying you left the room at one point, and I paused it. I didn't know. Brendan did. And no, we didn't to get, check the alarm in your room. There's some good insight. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. That's you what some was. good insight. I know. For the and, I, home. and I paused it. Who left I, the room when? And I regret it. Because we, we could have been through that movie 30 seconds sooner. That's true. All right. I did leave the room for just for the record. 
right, summary game. Brad, of course we had our patented coin toss, coin toss with a three-sided Matthew McConaughey, Lincoln Motor Company, uh, Lincoln Lawyer Mick Holler portrait design. It's a beautiful coin. It is, in commemorating, commemorating last year's McConaughey. Brad, we tossed it. You called it. You said... What else would I say? Lincoln Lawyer. You went with the Mick Holler portrait. <laughs> yep. God damn it. Came up Mick Holler. I mean, if we did the Lincoln Lawyer, it had to. It was contractually obligated. Fate. <laughs> By fate. Brad, you want to go first, second, or third in the summer game? I'm going to let you go first, Chris, because so I feel third. like... Yes, because I feel like summarizing this film will not be easy. Because <sighs> there is a lot of random moving pieces to this fucking thing. They all seem to play... They all come around a little bit, right? Kind of. Everyone has their last scene. <laughs> That's yeah. There you go. That's always a good a sign of a good movie. Okay. Eleven point eight. You said yes, sir. Are you ready? Sure. In three, two, one. A slimy LA defense uh, attorney who already has his license back but still has a driver uh, is uh, enlisted to get a rapist out of prison, and they find out that he killed a girl and raped her. Um, so, but he gets him out and then frames him for murder. Not frames him. Oh. <laughs> false. False information. Yeah. You can dock me. As I like that you threw in the whole um, got, had his license back three months ago. Because <laughs> that that's is key. I that's mean, key. That, that is fairly For irrelevant. For a movie called The Lincoln Lawyer, he spends, I mean, a decent amount of time in his car, but very little lawyering in his car. And certainly yeah. less as the movie goes on. Yes, that's true. Yeah, because the license he's talking about is like his driver's license, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It's not his. Bar certificate. Well, yeah, I did For a second, I thought you were saying that. I was like, I, I was confused on what you were saying. No, Sorry, Brad. No, I'm all right. All right, Brendan. Eleven point eight seconds to summarize the Lincoln lawyer. In three, two, one. Ryan Philippe hires Matthew McConaughey as his lawyer because he wants to uh, use attorney-client privilege to shield knowledge McConaughey knows. McConaughey tries to get around that privilege, but with a bunch of tricks, and finally Philippe goes to jail. Time. Not bad. Uh, yeah, that was good. The whole uh, the whole attorney attorney client privilege thing is key in this film. It's quite key. Yes, yeah. it, it isn't well understood by the writers and creators of the film, but <laughs> no. it is a key component to the film. Yeah, because mom can't get the information. But I, I don't think that's dad. That was uh, their lawyer. It wasn't dad. That was their lawyer. The guy who gets left in the room. Oh yeah, is not Philippi's dad, right? It's the family lawyer. Oh, that's why he gets to stay in the room, even though that still doesn't clear up attorney-client privilege problems. Oh, so privilege. we just don't know who Philippi's dad is in the movie. Yeah, I don't think he's in the. Film. Okay. Wow. Could have. Could have fooled me. Okay. All right, and uh, Brad, it is going to be your turn. Great. 11.8 seconds. All right. See what you can do. Three, two, one. A cocky lawyer defends a rich guy for uh, rape, and it ends up connecting to an old case he had that ends up uh, him being charged, uh, being guilty of that as well. Uh, he ends up turning his back on him in the time. courtroom. Ah, dude, I knew I was getting towards the end, and I didn't have enough time. For such a boring movie. A lot of moving parts. Well, yeah. there's just so many little things that happen in the movie. Lots of characters. Yeah. that it, I mean, we didn't even bring up William H. Macy's character in any of this, which is no. only so relevant, but I mean, certainly plays a pretty big part. I just love how, like, one of the greatest character actors alive 
totally phones it into this movie. Like, he's given superb effort in some really shitty movies, and here he's just like, hey, Bill, I uh, saw the, the, the rap sheet on the criminal. Yeah, I mean, well, he doesn't have to have a lot of uh, emotion exuding from him in this film. Like, he just gets to hang out with Matthew McConaughey. Half the times, their characters are drunk. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And he didn't have to cut his hair for Shameless. Fair point. So there you go. I think he does fine. And I, you know, not that he's got given a stake here. And certainly better than Philippi. Well, <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's time for first impressions. The second game of the show. Zero to three points this time. Uh, since I went first, that means Brendan gets to go first and give Brad a line from the Lincoln lawyer you'd like to hear him impersonate. All right, Brad, I'd like you to say the line, um, the coroner says her vagina was brutalized. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yes, I recall this line. You recall it. I, yeah, it was hard to forget. Yeah, <laughs> flashback of McConaughey speaking to an uh, old client that he, doesn't, he didn't care about previously. Yes. Michael Pena. Nobody saw any other guy. There was another guy. It was, a, it was a, a white guy. He was right by the bar. Corner says her vagina was brutalized. Okay, Brad Davis, tell us what that coroner says. The coroner says her vagina was brutalized. <laughs> vagina. That's what it's the called, vagina right? Vagina brutalized. Yep. Good job, Brad. Thanks. South of Maryland. Vagina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can almost speak sometimes. <clears throat> All right, Brad, do you have a line for me that you'd like to hear me impersonate? Yeah, believe it or not, Chris, I'm going to give you a Matthew McConaughey line. Oh, I love it. Uh, one Seems of my, only appropriate. One of my favorite things, I think, in any McConaughey movie is when McConaughey does his drunk acting. Mm -hmm. It's always fun. He always just kind of, like, loses, sometimes loses a little bit of control of his accent. Um, but there's a scene where he is talking to William H. Macy in a bar, and uh, he's, of, of, which is also one of my favorite McConaughey-isms is, and I don't even know if he's done this in another movie, but it fits so well, is him to be quoting things his father used to say. That seems like a very McConaughey thing to do. I'm sure he does it in real life. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Um, I'm sure it's in other movies, to be honest. Yes, I'm sure it is. I can't think of one. But in this, he says something his, he quotes something his father said, and of course, uh, Marissa Tomei comes up and like finishes the line for him, and then um, he explains. Uh, the line will actually be uh, his explanation of his father's saying. Besides, you know what my father always said about an innocent client? No, I've never heard this. So there's no client as scary as an innocent man. That's right. Because if you screw up and he goes to prison, you're never going to be able to live with yourself. Mm -hmm. So there's only one verdict you can put on the board, baby, and that's an NG. All right. Pretty much the crux of this film, I feel like, is this little bit of uh, dialogue. Yeah, this is maybe the only like <clears throat> good line in the whole thing that has any subtext. That's right, because if you screw up and he goes to prison, you're never going to be able to live with yourself. So there's only one verb you can put on that board, and that's an NG. That might have been my finest Matthew McConaughey impression. <laughs> it was pretty good. I, I don't say so myself. I'll, I'll be honest, I wanted the, 
the you're never gonna be able to live with yourself. He went up a little higher than you did. Like he goes like high pitched. You're never gonna be able to live with yourself. You're never gonna be able to live with yourself. Or, like we've not literally that. been doing this for three years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're still bad at doing that. Oh, but it's fun, isn't it? Oh gosh, it's fun. Guys. It's so fun. Well, Brendan, uh, what you got for me? I gotta give you a Mick Holler line. Okay. It's uh, again, he's a little sloshed. He's just been pounding William H Macy's liquor. And uh, he's come to the realization that, who's he talking about? Michael Pena didn't kill uh, the girl that he originally, that he is in currently doing time for. That is correct. He didn't kill her, Frank. He went there, had sex, flushed a condom down the toilet, wiped his prick on a pink towel, and then he went home, but he didn't kill her. Mr. Gallagher, at your leisure. He went there, had sex, flushed a condom down the toilet, I just a prick on a pink towel, and he went home. He didn't kill her. <laughs> nice. That was pretty good. That was good. Your physicality added to it. Yes. Yeah, it was really nice. Something for the benefit of all the folks at home. <laughs> I really got the physicality. <laughs> well, you know, they got to know. They got to know. Good stuff. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Hey, good stuff all around. <sighs> Wiped his prick on a pink towel and went home. There it is. Such a McConaughey line. That's such a McConaughey line. <laughs> All right, guys. You can put the scorecards to the side because now we got to get your hard hats on. It's time for some scene work. Of course, we're an optimistic podcast. We start things off optimistically. Do-do-do-do. Best scene. Uh, okay. What's the best scene <laughs> of the Lincoln lawyer? I'm happy to start. Please. Um, kick things off. There's a roughly seven-second scene towards the end where he sits back in an L.A. night and drinks a Whiskey Rocks and contemplates the events of the rest of the movie. And uh, that was, for me, the best executed scene of the film. <laughs> yeah. So, like, where he's just sitting on the porch and yeah. he's just yep. drinking. And he kind of looks at the cup. He does yeah. this in everything he's in. That's, this is his wild turkey commercial is yeah. what this is. Yeah. Yeah. Looks, I think he even does it inter- like, in Interstellar. He comes back to Earth <laughs> and they have, like, a model home built of, like, old Earth. Where he sits on a porch, porch and drinks like whiskey or beer. Yep. Yeah. Like, with it's, a robot. It's contractual. Yeah, with a yeah, robot. Like, yeah, with a robot. <laughs> We've been through a lot together, old robot droid, didn't we? Yes, now? we have, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that fucking movie. Oh, Interstellar, I hate you. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. Not, not the best scene of Interstellar, the best scene of Lincoln Lawyer. Brad, what right. do you got here? Uh, boy, that's tough. I mean,. I love Marissa Tomei, so most of the scenes she in, she's in I appreciate more. Because mm-hmm. uh, she's actually probably the only one in this movie that like can do anything with pretty bad writing. Um, I, I guess I kind of like the two courtroom scenes near the end. The one with uh, Miss Campo, the victim um, in the current case mm-hmm. who like survived... And then the courtroom scene with uh, Shea Wiggum, the Corliss guy. Like, those... The the prison snitch. Yeah, the prison snitch. Um, and, fun fact, our second consecutive week doing a Shea Wiggum movie. Ugh, it's Shea Wiggum month here on the podcast. <laughs> it is not. It is not. Don't you dare. I, it was a joke. I apologize. I apologize. Like it was a joke. I thought it was funny. I realized how big of a mistake I made right as, right yeah, as I said. Please save it for May Wiggum. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Bravo, bravo. I thought it was, I always wanted to do F. Murray Abraham, actually. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you're actually asking me for like, like both those scenes are pretty 
well executed, especially when you know that knowing that McConaughey's character is kind of pulling the sleepers-esque, like not really throwing the case, but certainly mm-hmm. you kind of know that he's involved in what the DA's doing and that's about the only time where he's actually kind of serious in this movie and actually has dialogue that doesn't seem so ludicrous. Yeah. Um, so, and the performance of Shea Wiggum and the the woman in that scene, Margarita Leviva, I'm so sorry about that pronunciation, but she was actually in Revenge, and she was always... Oh, ABC's Ron Valjean. Ron Valjean. Uh, she was pretty good in that, too, and I think she's a pretty decent actress, so... Yeah, if you if you're forcing me to choose the best scene in this movie, I am. I guess that's what I gotta choose. Those the kind of those roughly back to back scenes in the courtroom. Yeah, I, oh, I wrote almost nothing down. I mean, I wrote one thing down almost as a joke, and it's that the very first thing you see in this whole goddamn movie is that it's a Lincoln Motor Company insignia. Well, that was a joke. We were laughing at that. So. Right. I mean, I guess if it's called a Lincoln lawyer, I mean, you might as well do that. Yeah. Well, they didn't call it FedEx away. <laughs> they call it a casting. I know, yes. <laughs> um, I everything about this movie I found to be less than mediocre or really disliked. <laughs> so it's really hard for me to choose the best scene. I guess watching the cavalcade of actors I like is fine. I, I didn't really, although all their lines were just so dumb or yeah. just. Give us a scene, Maxwell. Blatantly explaining something, but I like getting to see, you know, Brian Cranston pop up, Marissa Tomei. For no reason. For no reason. Uh, Michael Pena. Michael Pena, and uh, even William H. Macy, who I know people around this table have a problem with in this film. I thought he was fine. I mean, he didn't have much to work with. I have a problem with everyone in the film, to be clear. (laughs) Oh, well, you get, hey, how about best scene? You get uh, McConaughey and Tomei's sex scene. Oh, a tasteful sex scene. Yes, yeah. very tasteful. In which they wake up with their daughter between them. Which is weird. Which is really weird. <laughs> yeah, it was like almost meant to be a reveal, but they like clearly had implied it earlier. Yeah. Yeah, that's a problem too. There's yeah. way more, I mean, worse scene's going to take us for, for about two hours. Yeah. All right, I'm going to choose the scene at the bar that we did the line from, where he says, uh, his dad always said an, an innocent man was dangerous. That's what I'm going to go with, if I have to go with something. Okay. Those three chit-chatting, playing around. True. D- didn't care for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what? All right, if there's a best scene, that means there must be a worst scene. Here it is. Worst scene. What is it? For me, there's this scene where they have this like scumbag dude on the stand who's basically meant to poke holes in some testimony. Oh, the Mustang guy you're the talking Mustang about. The Mustang guy. Oh, yeah. And, like, he kind of talks about sex the same way that Billy Bush and Trump do in the Access Hollywood video. Like, you suspect they'd never actually had it. <laughs> so it's like, he's like, yeah, I, used, I had the prostitute before him, and she really was wearing herself out, really was real limber. And you're like, what are you, what, what are you bragging about that you... Paid woman. I have so much to say about this. Oh, he said, he said, $400 and she's worth every penny. Worth every penny. What are you bragging about? That you got a good value. And he goes on to say he's a missionary man. So, and you're telling me for $400 as a missionary man, you got everything, every penny? Really normal sex. Yeah. I'm so scummy. I like to do it regular. Like, He's been all around the world that he's back to square one. Another thing that makes me laugh, it's like the old, um, 
It's like the Monty Python sketch where Eric Idle's like nudge nudge wink wink and like you realize he's never had sex before because he's like, yeah, you ever, uh, if you know what I'm saying, and I was like, no one knows what you're saying, no one knows what you're talking about. Uh, he, in a movie of bad actors, or in of, in a movie of bad acting, he was the worst actor. Mm, the Mustang Man. Definitely true. Yeah, I got the quote here. I'm not into that rough stuff. I'm a missionary man. Well, he knows what he likes. about brutalizing the women. Yeah. He knows what he's like, and he found out what he likes the first time he had sex and never uh, varied what he might like. Yeah. <laughs> Brad Davis, what's your worst scene? Uh, boy. I mean, ugh, there's so much. I, I, I guess... I don't even know if it's a scene. I mean, so much... So much of the camera work and the editing in this movie is so fucking bad. I guess I, I guess I'll bring up specifically uh, the scenes early on when we are in the um, we're in like the office of Ryan Philippi and his family and his lawyer, mm-hmm. and we're like Ryan Philippi's telling his story about what happened that night, and we're like flashing back to the story he's telling, and it, God, it seems like it's out of a bad procedural, like these really like okay, so tell me what's going on, and, like, we, like, the camera moves down under the table that they're talking at, and it just moves into now Philippi back at the bar. And it just, throughout the movie, there's so many... Like, like from behind characters' heads. Yeah. Like, like and it, it, it just... And that's just kind of the main, uh, where it's featured the most of all this bad... Like, there's shaky camera movements. There's a lot of spinning camera movements. There's awful edits of, like, dissolved. Like, it's just... It's so distracting. Yeah, clearly there's the camera work and the editing did not work in tandem whatsoever. I mean, the camera moves so much and is so shaky at times. Like, it really is. It looks like a goddamn Jason Bourne movie. And without someone knowing exactly how to edit it, because halfway through a swing of the camera will be a cut to something else that's probably a better shot than what they resulted in. It's it's bad. It amateurish yeah i was i like i when i started watching i immediately looked up what this director had also directed because i was like man i can't imagine there's anything of merit on here and no there's there's not i mean he did the movie he directed the movie the uh one with brian cranston actually that just came out the uh where he like infiltrates drug cartel or something as a cop breaking bad no as a cop. Uh, no, it's like the infiltrator? Is that really what it is? Is it that? It's something like that. He also did Runner Runner, which looked like a horrible movie that, that had horrible reviews. That was a Logan's Run kind of uh, reboot? Yeah, it's like Ben Affleck and... Timberlake? Timberlake, yeah. yeah. It looks really bad, so... Yeah, I mean, that's... That's all really bad. And I guess, just because we started talking about it too, when they went... After their sex scene, where at this point, like... Do we, I guess we do know they have a daughter at this point, but then they like wake up in the morning and their daughter's in between them, and she's like, and Marissa to me is like, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, don't wake her because she shouldn't see us in bed together. That's not fair to her. Like, oh, she comes in when she has bad dreams. Like, she came in in the middle of the night. Yeah, what? She didn't notice that there was a man she, sleeping in her mother's bed. She's sleeping in between both of you. <laughs> this is very obvious. And then, like, as Marissa to is walking out of the room, she's like, well, this is what it's like to be a single. You don't know what it's like to be a single parent. Yeah. And it's like, well, he seems fairly involved. Like, he keeps, like, right. wanting to make more of an Prior effort. to this, there's no mention of any tension in their relationship. None. Well, they even, like, make it a big twist that you find out that they were, 
Like, at first you just think they're, like, kind of flirting. Yeah, I thought they were co-workers who were eventually going to hook up. But you find out later, like, oh, they already had a daughter, and they were married before. Note to screenwriters, sometimes when you've never seen a relationship like this before, that's because that relationship would not exist in real life. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, yeah, just to reiterate, my worst scene would have to be anytime Ryan Phillippe confesses his innocence... To directly to <laughs> Mick Holler or the camera. Like, or the jury. Or the jury, trial. yeah. There's one point where he literally says, as, you know, a, five separate sentences, I did not do this. And it's just so... I mean, talk about forced. a guy that got work for years and did not deserve it. Yeah. I guess. I mean, he, I've seen him play a good, like, rich prick before, right? Cruel Intentions, wasn't he decent in that? I mean, he's better, he's more believable, right? Right, he's usually, he he can be better, better than this. I don't know if he's ever great, I can't imagine, but yes, I've definitely seen him better than this, that is for sure, Yeah, because he's awful in this. All right, well... There it is, the theme song to Milking It, the final game of the podcast... Zero to five points this time, so easily the heaviest weighted game of the show. We're just going to draw a card, and on the card we'll give you a new way to uh, look at the ideas, the themes, the characters, the plot of The Lincoln Lawyer. Reuse, repurpose, reduce, whatever you want, uh, to make a brand new movie with a title and a quick summary to put back out there and make a billion more dollars for the studio system. Brad Davis, you're drawn first this McConuary we're getting a CGI cartoon. Wow, it, Pixar's yes. the Lincoln Lawyer, huh? <laughs> As a musical. Oh. Ah, in the wake of a La La Land. <laughs> Lily Lincoln Lawyer. And I will be doing this as a road movie. A road wow. movie. Well, how right. fitting. Truly fitting. <laughs> Get all those Lincoln Car uh, endorsements in. Of course you may, Brendan. Thank you so much. While I get Brendan a piece of paper, we're going to take a break and be right back with three brand new movies for your listening enjoyment. Sorry to lift the curtain there, folks at home. <laughs> <laughs> right after this. And we're back right in the middle of milking it for The Lincoln Lawyer. The movie that we've always wanted to watch and now regret 100% watching. (laughs) It's always a way. Yep. yep. The prodigal reconnaissance movie. Brad Davis. Yes. I believe you drew first from the milking it box. The big box of Hollywood ideas of prequels, sequels, reboots, and genres. True. Did I bring that up? Probably. Yeah, I hope so. And you came out with a cartoon, a CGI cartoon card. I did. Pixar, or almost any cartoon now. There's very few. I guess uh, the aforementioned Kubo and the Two Strings isn't totally CGI. That's uh, stop motion. But never mind that. Fun fact. You're doing the Pixar movie. <laughs> yes, or, uh, I am. Any other Disney movie these days. What do you got for us? Okay, so I got uh, Mick and Maggie Mouse are uh, two mice. Uh-huh. And... Uh, <laughs> They are married with a child, and they live in the walls of a Lincoln car dealership. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so it's kind of the wall. 
like you see the car dealership obviously, but then you kind of see everything that goes on behind the walls here, and it's like almost like a mouse village in a way. Sure. Each wall kind of has different groups of people, and like it's kind of a whole. Groups of people or mice? I'm sorry, different kinds of mice, different groups of mice. You kind of all, you know, but uh, Mick and Maggie and their daughter, who I don't even know what her name is because you never hear it in the movie, actual movie. Um, we'll call her Minnie. Mm-hmm. Um, M I N I. Um, <laughs> Good one. Thanks. Uh, they are kind of living a very uh, humble existence, like just kind of apart from everybody else, and they're just happy to be on their own. And uh, they do have a uh, a bevy of wealth as far as uh, cheese goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so one day, uh, one night, they wake up and Minnie has disappeared. Um, and now they have to kind of travel to these different parts of behind the wall in order to figure out where she is. And they also travel through the Lincoln car dealership, of course, so we're going to get some good product placement of going through the different types of cars, searching for her. Thank God. I mean, you got to pay for the movie, right? Um, and then you find out that she has been taken by a rat who is basically holding her hostage for all of their cheese. And Classic. They get there and they they discover they they find the rat, but they kind of realize that he's this rat is um, kind of an idiot and can't really be behind this. And they realize it's the queen rat. They've been living like in the ceiling of the Lincoln car dealership, and uh, they have their daughter. And of course, a battle ensues in order to get their daughter back, and they they win the day. Damn. And your title? Uh. Lincoln Land. Lincoln Land. I like that. Yeah. It's not so bad. Maybe throw in some Lincoln uh, Lincoln logs to help build the I, I thought about society. that at the end. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, either way. Yeah. Uh, extra points for marketing uh, Lincoln Motor Company to children. Of course. Indoctrinate them early. Kids need cars <laughs> too. Product placement. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good job, Brad. Lincoln Land. Not Link- so bad. Lincoln Land. Lincoln Land. Make it to legal issues with the Mick and Minnie Mouse. I don't, I don't see why I would. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't see it either. I agree. It's, <laughs> okay, it's, never mind. I'm overruled. It's Mick the Mouse. Mick the Mouse. Yes. Gotcha. And Minnie the Mouse, Minnie too? Minnie the Mouse. Okay, right. And Maggie the Mouse. I have no problem with Maggie Mouse. Yes, it's their middle names. Okay. The. The. It's a family name. Sure. I got a musical for you, Brad, the co-host. Drop it on us. All right. <clears throat> it's called La La Lawyer. <laughs> That's good. And it's about uh, Mick Holler, a down-on-his-luck defense attorney, trying to achieve his dream of opening his own firm in L.A. He, of course, has a meet-cute with an antagonistic uh, prosecutor who is dreaming one day of becoming uh, attorney general. Of course, uh, they butt heads at first, but they eventually fall in love. Um, Trying both to pursue their own dreams, he starts taking some cases of uh, celebrities, um... Getting people, guilty people off, kind of compromising his morals, um, which they argue about. She gets an opportunity to uh, an apprenticeship in Washington, D.C., so she has to leave California, L.A. They end up breaking up, and then uh, at the very end of the movie, we flash forward a couple years, and she, having her complete life as California's new defense attorney, walks into his, Mick Holler's own firm in downtown L.A., kind of has a weird vision of what her life could have been, but is, uh, and features uh, such classic songs as uh, Another Day of Briefs, 
which is our opening number, which shows Mick Holler, just his humble beginnings of, you know, not only putting on new underwear, but then getting <laughs> brief for cases. Um, a lovely case, of course, which is uh, the case that they both meet on. Uh, someone in the jury. And, uh, of course, the soon-to-be Oscar-nominated song, Courtroom of Stars, uh, because it's representing uh, guilty, dirty celebrities. God, it sounds so familiar. La La Lawyer. Yeah. There it is. That's well done, sir. Thank you. Credit where credit's due for that. That's very good. Brendan Gallagher, bring us home. What's the road movie? Bring us home in a Lincoln Town Car. How about that? Despondent and adrift after years slaving away at the most despicable of all careers, a defense lawyer. Matthew McConaughey, his pal William H. Macy, and his driver he employs for some reason strike out on the road trip. <laughs> Where are they headed? Our lawyer has one passion in life. Lincoln. No, not the president. Normal people who have a job like prosecutor or investigator would want to go to the birthplace of uh, the emancipator. But this lawyer is a little bit different. He His passion is actually... The Lincoln brand of automobile. His dream is to tour the Lincoln factory and test drive those sweet <laughs> 2011 models before they hit the streets. Will he achieve his dream, or will it get cut short just like the dreams of his favorite car's presidential namesake? Matthew McConaughey is the Lincoln Lincoln lawyer. <laughs> I love the title. <laughs> I re- you know, it really hit home when you said his foolish dreams be cut short like our uh, president. That's that's tough. That's that's a hard one. Hard pillow to swallow. Great job, Brendan. Thank yes, you. You're thank welcome, you. man. Thank you very much. Well, as you guys uh, finish filling out your scorecards, please pass them to the front of the class for final edition. And as we do that, we move into our unfortunate, pessimistic end of the show. Oh. Podcast regrets. Anything you regret saying or not saying during this discussion of the Lincoln Lawyer? I regret that I have one, but one episode in one month to give to McConuary. Yeah. It always comes so quickly and is gone in an instant. There are so many great McConaughey films we have yet to see. Oh, yeah. And I know we're going to get through them, dear audience, together over time, even if it takes us an entire decade longer. <laughs> but here's the thing. Our podcast heroes are ourselves five years from now and my hope is just as Matthew McConaughey does another 15 movies in the next five years so too will we do <laughs> another five to seven McConaughey podcasts in that time damn that is I, those are awful nice closing sentiments uh yeah I'm I'm a little choked up to be quite honest with you uh part of my regrets actually is that we didn't mention an upcoming Matthew McConaughey movie in this year, 2017, that I actually am very much looking forward to, The Dark Tower. Agreed. Off the right. Stephen King uh, book series I love so dearly, and uh, apparently a pretty original or amalgamated uh, adaptation of the book. So a standalone movie, not necessarily a whole the whole series. But I, I'm excited to see Matthew McConaughey as the man in black, death himself. For a second, I thought you were going to say gold. Gold. For gold. <laughs> <laughs> I think technically it debuted last year in 2016. I believe that it um, was nominated for Best Original Song for Golden yeah. Globe. <laughs> Perfect. Brad, you got any regrets here? Uh, I, I kind of regret that we've spent all this time saying that the Lincoln Lawyer 
is the beginning of the reconnaissance. Yeah. Because we were wrong. I mean, it's it's probably the same year because in 2011 you have this, you have Killer Joe, and you have Bernie. And yeah. so it probably does start in 2011. Tracy Letts and Linklater, not the yeah. Yeah, I mean, Killer Joe is probably where it truly begins. If I mean, I guess I don't know exactly chronologically when those came out, but if Lincoln Lawyer was first, then. I believe it is. Okay, then Killer Joe's probably where it begins. Unless Bernie's before that, which then I think it's Bernie. I think it's Lincoln Lawyer in, like, February, then Killer Joe in the spring, and then Bernie in, like, fall. Then it starts with Killer Joe, which I I can make an argument is probably one of McConaughey's top three performances in his career. So, it it is official now. The Lincoln Lawyer is not part of the reconnaissance. It ruins my whole... Thesis My whole thesis I know. of Lincoln to Lincoln. It's... There is a McConaughey movie for all seasons, though. We did learn that from this uh, replay of 2011. Absolutely. That's true. Yeah. That's important. McCona- McConaughey for all seasons. Ugh. Well, guys, I have the points tallied. Um, oh, right. Brad, you're in definitive third place with 16.0 points. Love it. Uh, funny story, it's a tie at 16 and a half points between Brendan and myself. Oh, bare knuckle boxing match. Usually we don't do that. Oh, right. I Usually. forgot. I forgot. <laughs> uh, but any good tiebreaker ideas? You want to go back and forth on McConaughey movie titles until one of us falters? Oh, wow. As quick oh, as possible? Yeah. I like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll defer to you as the guest to go first. Uh, but once we start, as quick as we can, Brad can judge if there's any sort of uh, pause or mistitle. Sure. Whenever you're ready. Interstellar. Dallas Buyers Club. Gold. Fools Rush In. No, shit. Oh, out. <laughs> Fools Gold. I know. It's like, oh. Fools Rush I In. The Matthew Perry South Behind ready. Classic? The thing is, is, we were laughing about Gold, so I think it was just like, he <laughs> cracked up that was my uh, second pick. <laughs> goes right to Fools Rush In. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm all right. I'm, second place is fine for me. We're all winners Fools? in McConaughey. Oh. We're all... Fool's rush in. Fool's gold. <laughs> Just repeat what Brendan <laughs> said. <laughs> I I couldn't. I can't believe I blinked almost on Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, There's so many McConaughey movies. I know, and I like, like, all the ones we've about, done on this like, show. We've talked about like twenty of them. <laughs> in a moment, I forgot them all. And he goes right to Fool's Rush in. <laughs> the Matthew Perry uh, film. The Matthew Perry. Uh, Still a Matthew. That's fair. Kind of. Brendan Gallagher, thank you so much for celebrating <laughs> Guys, another wonderful encounter. This is a blast, as always. <laughs> uh, anything to plug? You've been writing some great stuff for uh, MaryJane.com these days. I really appreciate it. You can see everything I write on Twitter at Muddy Creek U, and uh, you hear some other thoughts there, and you can also be apprised of anything else I have going on there on Twitter. I love it. Thank you so much. Brad Davis, thank you as always, sir. Happy McConaughey. Oh, happy McConaughey to you. Uh, yeah, uh, at BD Always GP on Facebook and Twitter. And I actually guest starred on another podcast. A friend of mine, Chris Homan, and a friend of his started a podcast called Better Than Us. God, I should have double checked that before I came on here. But I'm pretty sure that is what it is. Uh, Better Than Us. Uh, I was a guest on that. And I potentially might be a guest again, uh, maybe for some Oscar stuff. So. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, check them out. I know that they. They're on iTunes, I believe, as well, and Facebook. I posted it on my Facebook page, so feel free to friend me if you want more information about that. There you go. Open season on Friend and Brad Davis on Facebook. <laughs> Bring it. Bring it. I'm at Cross Maxwell on all your social media bulls. Uh, you can check out my top ten of the year list on highendfilm.com. 
of the movies of 2016. Um, Number one, Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman. <laughs> Number two, Passengers. Number three, Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Yeah. Big three. There it is. Number four, Finding Dory. There's your oh. Mount Rushmore. Right? Yeah. Oh, that shit movie. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah, check out uh, this month. We've done a lot of good episodes. We had Take Shelter last week. Before that, Postcards from the Edge. It's Postcards from the Edge. We've been having a really good McConaughey, despite this being our first Matthew McConaughey installment. It's always fun. Uh, but we will be back next week with another guest and a new movie for your listening enjoyment. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Happy McConaughey to all of you out there in podcast land. Merry McConaughey, y'all. Merry McConaughey. Goodbye.